Welcome to the See Differently Project with your host, Renee Balcom. Over the next hour, you'll learn what you should expect from your care provider and how to take charge of your care needs. Hear from the experts. Now, here's Renee Balcom. Hey, everybody. Good morning. We have Mike McCabe in the house today. I'm so excited to have him here. Uh, We're talking about the mystery of Medicaid and Medi-Cal in the state of California. And um, I don't know about most of you, but I've actually been in uh, a healthcare advocate now for... um, uh, Oh, about 15 years. And I must say, I still think this uh, subject and this service is a mystery. So hopefully, Mr. Michael McCabe is going to shed some light on us. And again, the goal is of, of the uh, See Differently project is to open up our minds, have some dialogue, and understand our subject matter better. So uh, guests, please, or uh, listeners, please feel free to call in, ask questions, put, give us some input and feedback and some of your experiences. We're looking forward to hearing from you. But with no further delay, uh, let me introduce uh, Mr. McCabe. So Mike, for 20 years, um, over 20 years, has been structuring estates to qualify for Medi-Cal. And that's a service available in California and a couple of other states in the nation. And we'll have Mike talk about that. Um, He has a 100% application approval rate, which is great. But in 2023, the prior laws and codes and regulations started changing and it made it more difficult uh, to be able to complete this process. And we're going to learn about that today and what's kind of going on with that. New laws and regulations bring their own set of complexities. And then one of the major challenges is the bureaucracy involved to bring the application to approval. So there's a lot to kind of unravel there and learn to understand. Mike's job is to guide families through that process because, again, it's daunting, it's complex, it's layered, lots of of legal uh, and bureaucratic uh, issues in the process. So so his work and the dedication of his uh, life has been to, for the last 20 years or more, has been to helping people process through this system. And I'm so happy to have him on board with us today because we've got a lot to learn. Anyway, with no further delay, Mr. McCabe, thank you for being here with us. We're happy that you're here. Well, thank you. It's a great time. So I've been doing this for 20 years. I have a 100% success ratio of getting people on Medi-Cal. The biggest process with Medi-Cal is it took me three years to learn this. 85, 95% of all my business comes through elder law attorneys. They do the elder law work. I do the Medi-Cal application. In the past, I was doing the money over the fence, as I called it, and structure the estate. I also do the application. So your job as a client is to give us the data points. Our job on our side of the fence is what we do is we interact with Medi-Cal. We fill out the application and we take you through the whole process. The bureaucracy of Medi-Cal, this is just like doing your taxes. Most people, if you, especially if you own a business or you have assets, you're going to a CPA to do your taxes. And the reason you do that is that person is, has structured their lives to know the laws, regs, and codes of how to best have this 
have the outcome come in your best favor. That's what I'm doing with Medi-Cal. And with the new laws uh, as of January 1st, 2024, even though it seems to be simpler to get people on Medi-Cal, there's almost going to be more, there's not almost, there's going to be more bureaucracy inside of this that's going to make it, I think, even more difficult to be able to get on Medi-Cal. Okay. So, so with regard then to Medi-Cal, and, and can we just back up just a little bit? Because I always like, for people, this is a national program and we have listeners that aren't in California. Can you, can you talk about, Mike, this system uh, and the Medi-Cal system in California? And I know that there's also other, I think a few other states in the nation that kind of allows for, for this kind of, of set aside for your, your assets. Is that correct? What happens is everywhere else it's called Medicaid, but California had to call it Medi-Cal because let's just make it more difficult for the people and more confusing. <laughs> right. And then Medi-Cal is M-E-D-I slash C-A-L, which spells medical. So it's just, it's, it, 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 this is all difficult to start with. Then they add in this foreign language to it that even makes it more difficult. So each state is specific to their state on the rules, regs, and laws. In California, California is the best state to be in for asset protection and to be able to qualify for Medi-Cal if you follow the process that we put in place. Which, which I have to say, you know, it's... It's unusual for the state of California to provide gifts or to make life a little bit easier for their residents here, right? I mean, I hate to bash the state, but it's kind of getting worse by the minute. I was in a meeting yesterday about HR and employment law, new employment law, a dozen new laws came into effect in January this month. And, and it's just crazy what the state of California does to the residents here. However, in this case, it actually seems like it's favorable. Is Am I correct with that? Uh, it's favorable to... A large body of people because now undocumented aliens can get on Medi-Cal. There's approximately 700 people that are non-U.S. citizens that California is going to allow to get on Medi-Cal and have free health insurance. 700 right. or seven? 700,000. Oh, I was going to say, because that's There's 700. A- I could pay for that, but 700,000 is a little daunting. Well, we're in a. I didn't think we were going to get here so quick. Uh, $68 billion deficit California is admitting to. And California themselves is saying that this program is going to cost $3.1 billion per year. We're already in a deficit. I feel horrible for those people that do not have the health insurance, but I don't know how we're going to pay for this. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and, and we don't have to deep dive into that yet because I know we're going to, but, but let me go back to um, what is the biggest change then that's going on in the Medi-Cal system now in California? So this isn't exactly accurate, but I think in pictures. So I believe there's like three sides of Medi-Cal. There's 
non there's magi and that's modified adjusted gross income that's for people 64 and below then there's magi which is for 60 people 65 and above if you're 64 and below it has to do with income nothing to do with assets as if you're 65 and above income kind of doesn't matter and assets as of january 1st will not matter the next layer that california has put onto this is now you have the immigrants that they can get on to medical and it's free to them our health system is kind of overloaded now it's hard to find a doctor in that I don't know how they're going to level up and have all these new people into the system. I talked to my doctor about this, and she's like, you know, I can hardly keep up with the patient load that I have. Obviously, there's a huge amount of baby boomers that we're not getting any younger or healthier. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, again, you know, I work in the healthcare system every day. My team works in the healthcare system every day. And, and the fact is not only is it becoming more difficult to get time in front of your doctor, um, but we have doctors leaving the state of California and leaving the business of medicine, uh, public medicine in droves. Um, I, I believe the last uh, number that I saw is in the United States, there's 133,000 openings for medical providers, uh, doctors in the United States, and that covers all the specialties. The other thing that's happening is a lot of doctors are moving into private medicine and concierge medicine because it's more lucrative for them um, and and because they can't afford to take the reimbursements and and work through the process of getting the reimbursement. So, um, so the business of medicine is becoming very complicated and, you know, and it just doesn't pencil out to be honest with you. You know, once you go through medical school and you pay the bills for medical school, you know, most of these doctors are 45 years old. They're still paying student loans. Right. And then, and then they're not getting reimbursed for their time and their efforts and their practices or their, the work that they're doing, especially in the large systems. So it's, you know, and then to throw in another 700,000 people into the system under uh, state supervised uh, payment is, uh, frankly, I don't personally know how the system can actually survive through it all. I just don't. I don't know how to how it's going to work out. So so we'll come back to this and talk about this, you know, in a couple of years and see how it actually we fare through it. But I my my personal prediction is it's not going to look good. So um, but hey, the other can you can you talk about some of the regulations that have changed? Kind of give us details on that. What what you're seeing change? So now it's, there's no asset test, but even though there's no asset test, so you could have a million dollars and get on Medi-Cal, even though there's no asset test, it's income tested. So from my side of the table, what ends up happening is I still need to know what your asset base is because I have to figure out what your income base is. And then uh, inside of Medi-Cal, 
right now it is what's today's date january 11th so i cannot go to medical right now and download all the regs codes sections and see exactly what medical is doing because they do not have these out now they knew this was coming and they don't have the regs all printed how do you think this is going to be inside of medical each county's office on the enrollers that are taking the applications i think they're way under i know they're way understaffed it was hard enough to get people through the system now you have a whole new set of laws how do they train those people bring them up to where they need to be to understand this, where now it's not asset base, but you have to understand the income base. It's very, very complicated. I feel bad for the processors because all that's happening is, is more people, more applications are going to be on their desks that they have to process. It was hard enough getting applications through prior. More and more applications get turned down. We always end up getting them approved, but then we have to go to what I always refer to as kind of offer and compromise. You have to go up the chain of command to get it done. If you're just a normal person in this, you don't have the bandwidth to be able to know the laws, and get the application through. So as of the January 1st, it's a great process, but the complications are just insane. Does that kind of answer that? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, again, we, we have assisted clients in, in some of this process, certainly qualify, helping them, you know, do the paperwork to qualify for Medi-Cal. It's not, we're not experts at it. And it's not even something that we like to do, <laughs> to be honest. But, but sometimes we'll have a client that just doesn't have the capacity to be able to do it. So, so, you know, part of our whole person care as healthcare advocates is that we will assist or direct them to the experts like yourself to get the assistance they need, um, you know, to, to get them through, uh, say, a family to get them uh, qualified for medical services with Medi-Cal um, isn't it, you know, it's just filling out the document and getting in front of the right person. But when you're talking about people of a certain age or people with a level of assets or income, it becomes more complex for sure. We don't go near that because we don't know anything about that. But, um, but you know, let's, let's talk about um, just kind of some of the recovery. What do you, you know, what do you anticipate then is going to happen how how is this going to play out so i'm not an attorney i can't stress that any anymore i'm not an attorney don't want to be an attorney not trying to be an attorney so what i do is i have attorneys that do the legal side of this the process if you have a probatable estate medical is not going to come against you for recovery 
But my thought on this is, and I'm a little bit um, OCD to say the least, is here's a state that has a $68 billion deficit. They're giving away benefits and you have assets. I don't know how much I would want to trust that. So it may be a system where if all the family members, it all functions, it may be a smarter process to take some of those assets off the table that are just not there. You have to do it in a very specific way. It's in tranches. It's just not one check. You cut it and you have to have people you trust. It's very involved. But a lot of the people that I talk to, they're going to have it where there's going to be no asset base there and there's going to be nothing to come against. And you do this with elder law attorneys and elder law attorneys really become your friend as you age. There's another section that we're doing inside of here that I'll go through some and more in depth on the elder law attorney side of the process. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I know we're seeing the, the cost of care uh, for our elders going up just frankly in, in criminal levels. I We had a client that was in uh, memory care uh, here in Sacramento. Uh, she was paying about $6,350 a month for the privilege of living in this memory care unit. And I kid you not, in one sweep, they increased the the company sold to another company in one sweep within one month. They increased the rent to just under twelve thousand dollars. Now, in this situation, that just was not it wasn't possible. It wasn't anything that was sustainable for her and for you know the bucket of money that was set has been set aside for her for her care. And and I know that there's definitely some relief for people. Uh, in assets for long-term care. And we're going to really deep dive into that uh, after our break. So uh, so keep that in mind, because I know that you have, through this process, there are some solutions for that. Maybe not for that particular client, for, but for some other people. And I just really, that's part of this message that I really want people to hear and understand and, and listen to. So, um, so, so Mike, Tell us a little bit, unless you want to go through it in the next segment, um, tell us a little bit about, we've got a few minutes till our break, about what, what, how this happens. How do you hear about, do people reach out to you through elder law attorneys or do you deliver them to the elder law attorney? How does that, how do they know about you? And is there other people doing what you do? 85 to 95% of all my business comes through elder law attorneys. They do the legal work. I do the assets over the fence. I do the application. So I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm a known entity. I go to the highest end training on elder law issues and so forth. I meet the elder law attorneys. And then what happens, there's people like Renee, there's nursing homes, there's a whole universe of people out there that are trying to find people to be able to do this process. I have people call me literally every week and say, hey, I put the application in and I was denied. And when I look at their asset base and their income, even over under the old laws, 
they ju they just weren't able to propo propose it correctly to Medi-Cal and show them how this how they really should be approved. What ends up happening on this is you have nursing homes that want to get the people are running out of money. They're Medi-Cal friendly nursing homes, and the nursing home isn't able to get them on Medi-Cal because of their asset basis, how it used to be. And the nursing homes would send people over to me to make sure that this gets done. I have people that they're just, you know, it's nothing at all to be on hold with Medi-Cal for two to four hours. Oh, for if sure. It, if it hits five o'clock, you hear beep, yeah. you're out. Yeah, and then no, it's a full-time job. How a lot of the counties are dealing with this now Renee, you're a, you're a processor for the applications inside of Medi-Cal. You just don't have 50 cases on your desk that you work through. What they do is I call in, you're working on that case now. Next time I call in, I'm talking to Harry that now he's working on that case. They just don't have one person working on the case. So each time we have to kind of train them on that case again. Yeah. And they're just... They're overwhelmed. I, uh, you can't believe. I have a county up here in Northern California. Last month, they had 1,500 applications go through. Half of them were approved. Half of them were denied. Of the half that were denied, I would say probably I could get 80% of those people on Medi-Cal because... Yeah. It's just so complicated. I don't do my own taxes. I used to be a mechanic. I can do my own wrenching. <laughs> I, don't do, I don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah. So what you do is you pick professionals. We're in a very, very specific um, area in everything in society now. I don't go to the one doctor. I go, you know, right now I'm going through a thing where I have three different doctors that are looking at me. And it's, you know, you end up going to your, your clearinghouse, your, your contact doctor, then you go to the specialist, then the specialist send you to a specialist. Yeah. That's the exact same process here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and listen, I just want to make certain that we put this disclaimer up again. Mike McCabe is not an attorney. I, I want everyone to appreciate that. But I also want everyone to appreciate that when he talks about over the fence, and we're going to get into that in just a few minutes, that's a completely legal process in the state of California. So we're going to talk about that, what that actually looks like and how those steps look uh, when we come back from the break. But Mike, I really, really appreciate you. I think we're getting ready to cut to a break in a few minutes. Um, and I appreciate this information from you. You know, again, it's everything is very uh, specialized now. And you're absolutely correct. I've, uh, you know, I've been helping my husband through a medical situation and we go to his primary doctor and, um, and the doctor, uh, gives him one diagnosis. We go to a specialist, specialist gives him another one. It's just crazy, right? They don't, they can't even agree. So anyway, we're going to cut to a break. Uh, we'll be back in a few minutes, everybody, and uh, come back again. We're open. We want you to call in, talk to us, ask questions, and uh, let's get this subject rocking and rolling. Thank you.
follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The See Differently Project will deliver us out of the echo chamber that we live in and educate and empower our listeners about the business of care. The care industry, from cradle to grave, encompasses a multitude of service providers. Some of these providers must have licenses, and some do not. It depends on the state you reside in. Nonetheless, this multi-trillion dollar industry continues to grow. Money exploited from consumers through this industry in 2022 exceeded $63 billion. Our mission at the See Differently Project is to educate and empower our listeners by bringing guests on who are professional experts in their care field, opening the dialogue, informing our listeners, and answering your questions. You will walk away with a new perspective and empowerment over your care needs. The See Differently Project is hosted by Renee Balcom, the nation's leading healthcare advocate, on Fridays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to the See Differently Project. Have a question for Renee or her guest? Join us on the show at 866-472-5787. That's 866-472-5787. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, We are here with Michael McCabe. Uh, He is the owner of Think to Age. Think to Age uh, com is his organization. If you want to look him up, Michael McCabe is a uh, specialist in the medical system here in California. And um, and again, I we want to uh, iterate to everyone, reiterate to everyone that medical is a is the California version of Medicaid, which is what you hear in most other states. There are other states that have. Uh, that have kind of names for their Medicaid system now. Um, but what we're talking about is very, very state specific. Um, please make certain if you're not in California that you uh, look into your individual state, into your county and look at the Medicaid system because you may have, you may qualify for Medicaid under the new rules and the new system and not even be aware of it. So there may be some benefits for you through Medicaid, especially for the aging population and the uh, low income populations that you're not even aware of. So, uh, so, you know, check into that and look at those benefits and see if you may qualify for that. So Mike, we're going to talk about kind of the process, right? And and what that looks like and how the integration looks in this process. So so you know, let's say you're you know, you've got an aging client and they they have a long-term care need. Um, you know, what do you see from your clients? How does that how does that process for you? 
Like they, they thought up. they had the money. They thought they had the resources for <laughs> aging only to discover, as I mentioned in the last segment, oh, the price doubled. Can you imagine if you got a notice today that said your lease or your mortgage was going to double next month? I mean, to me, it's just so shocking what's happening in the, it, you know, for aging Americans and people that are relying on skilled care or uh, uh, private community care, right? So, uh, and I know private community care is, sounds weird, but like assisted living or memory care, right? It's just, I can't even imagine what it's like to wake up one day, uh, whether you're, it's you or you're caring for a loved one, only to discover that the price of care has just doubled in within a 30-day period. So, so you have some solutions for that. We're going to talk about that. Um, tell, tell us so, about that. So what happens, people think they were prepared for retirement. Then they have a long-term care event. Activities of daily living, eating, dressing, bathing, continence, toilet, and mobility. When you cannot do three of those and you end up in skilled care in California, that starts off at $10,000 a month. I don't care who you are. You start paying a $10,000 a month bill, you're going to pay attention. I've had people, I've had three clients up to $27,000 per month. That's not <laughs> That's usual. Crazy. Well, but you think it's crazy, but there's a side of it I get because every hole they had had a tube in them and then they put some extra tubes in them. <laughs> They can't move. They have to have a Hoyer lift to move them. It's just extremely intense care that the people need. They're in horrible, horrible physically physical shape. And to deal with those people, it's very, very difficult. I have people that just exactly what you're talking about, the price increases like that, but they've already had mom or dad at home. And the five things that get people out of the house is bed sores, catheters, dementia, where they go mean, or it's the great escape and they'll throw themselves out of the second story window. And the last one's bowel control. When those things come into place, sometimes no matter how much they want to keep them at home, it's very, very difficult to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. We, we actually are have a client right now that um, he had uh, a procedure done and we really advised him and wanted him to go into rehab for a couple of weeks because, uh, you know, he and his wife live independently and she's just not able to care for him. And the, the, you know, home care or the, the, uh, uh, medically supervised care that he may need, although his insurance will cover to send a home health nurse in, uh, private care, you know, uh, just wasn't going to be, we didn't feel like was going to be accessible for him enough. So we really wanted him to go into um, a rehab center for at least a few weeks. But he was adamant and he's a stubborn guy and he said, no, I want to go home. I want to go home. So, so what they determined was they were going to send him home with 24 seven private care. And again, I think, I don't know, Joy, what he's spending 8,000 or a thousand dollars a day. So, so there's a possibility if he has this private in-home care He's going to spend thirty grand 
this month to be at home. And that's all out of pocket. None of that's covered by insurance. So that's 100% out of his pocket, right? So, and, and again, I don't know his financial situation, but as you said, you know, 30 grand is 30 grand, right? Like that's meaningful money, no matter who you are, that's a lot of money. And so, um, so, you know, I, I think there may be an option for him to look at for, for long-term care, to look at this type of solution that you're talking about. So, so, when you compare people's health, I love your, I always love, love, love your marketing material because you compare it to like a galvanized pipe. And I think you talked about that. Like there's just kind of suddenly there's holes showing up. <laughs> what ends up happening, think of your health as a galvanized pipe, too much rusting, too much bending, too much leakage. I call it decoupling. When your your health dictates this process of home care, assisted living, skilled care. Nobody wants to be in a nursing home, but all nursing homes are full. And the reason being is, is you have some health process that went on that just does not allow you to function the way you used to. And the one of the biggest, two biggest things going on now is dementia and Alzheimer's. If you don't know what you're doing, I had a client that she drove to Reno and ended up running into another car. Oh, my. When the police showed up, she had my, only thing she had in her wallet was my business card. The police officer called and I says, she's completely, Elvis has left the building mentally on the poor woman. She is needs to be 5150 so that she needs she cannot drive. She cannot drive back home. I don't know how she made it up to Reno. And it's just it's it's a horrible the two things I dislike about my job is I see how people check out in the process prior to them leaving this earth. And then sometimes family and fish, they both begin to stink because you know, you have prior psychological things that went on and people have attitudes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. It's um, one of, one of the things that we, that we should do because again, we've been in this, we see it, we see the good, the bad, and the ugly of aging and care and healthcare and the whole system. Right. And, and in fact, I'm going to speak for myself here. We, I should be a better planner and I've got to tell you, you know, complete transparency here. I'm not because somehow most of us, you know, it's, it's always interesting to me because we all know we're going to die, right? We all know, like we, I mean, that's the given, that's the one given, right? And yet statistically, as I understand it, eight out of 10 people that die never pre-plan their service, never went and took care of their business, Right. I'm probably one of them because I haven't taken care of that business yet. But there's this emotional thing that that we just think, number one, we're never going to die and we're certainly never going to age, right? I don't know what that disconnect is. When I see God, I'm going to ask him, like, what was up with that? Why, why in my mind am I still 20 years old, right? And I think that's what happens for some of these people, even when their body does galvanize, where, you know, the galvanized pipe starts breaking somewhere in our emotional and in our head, we just don't think, we just don't think it's really happening to us. It's a, it's a strange disconnect. But with that said, 
you know, most people are procrastinators. We just, that's just, you know, a human a function of human nature. Um, so, so when we're a pro- procrastinator like me, Mike, and we come to you to save the day, you know, tell me about that process. What is that? What does that look like for you? 98% of the people, the only reason that they're at my desk is they're in a hospital or a nursing home, and this has forced them to address all these issues. I have a certain percentage of people that they do not have wills, trusts, powers of attorney in place, and they cannot function. If, again, Elvis has left the building mentally, and you cannot get these documents in place, I'm going to jump a little bit ahead This is where elder laws really becomes your best ally. Again, I'm not an attorney, not trying to be an attorney, but from a financial standpoint, the power of attorney for finance, the ability to self-gift, self-enrich, transfer, transmute, buy, sell, encumber, real personal fictitious property really becomes critical. If you have somebody that you trust that can be your POA that If you're not able to function, they're able to deal with your assets in a manner that best meets your needs and what you want so that when you're not mentally capable, somebody else can step in. We're a very litigious society. Having the legal documents gives you the road, gives the person the roadmap to be able to talk to the doctors the attorneys, the banks, the brokerage accounts, all of those people inside of there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, I can't, we can't overstress the need for having these documents because for several years now, um, if, if, you know, a partner, uh, a loved one, a spouse uh, falls into a situation where they're incapacitated and you have to Uh, make some, you know, decisions on their next steps of care, even in a hospital setting, it's really, really difficult. Even if you're married to that person or you've lived with them for 50 years, it's really difficult to get that authorization without having these documents. And, and again, we're in a litigious society. And so hospitals are becoming more and more cautious and more uh, sensitive about making certain they're talking to the right person, right? The other thing that tends to happen is if you don't have the documents and you're not kind of taking care of your business, it creates a lot of friction within the family. You know, um, I, uh, I, my mother passed away a year ago in August. And I have to say, unlike me, she was very, very organized. She had everything in order. And, and to be honest with you, it was a gift uh, to the family that she actually took care of everything because there were there was no question, not for a single second, about what she wanted and what her expectations were. And that just made the process so much easier. Now, I'm, my mother didn't have a lot of property, uh, nor did she have a spouse to leave it to. So, so let's talk about that. Like we, you know, you're married, you've been married 50 years, 60 years, you know, one of the spouses go down and, and without having some kind of asset protection, what happens? How do they, how do they pay for care? If they're able to, if both spouses have the mental capacity, then the attorneys are able to get involved, <laughs> get them the legal documents to protect each other. 
if they don't have that, I've had cases where it's just a nightmare. You mostly the guy goes down for the count first, Mm -hmm. and then the wife is in a situation where if she cannot do what she needs to do, it can financially just break her. That's how I ended up getting into this. My dad was going down for the count. They, my parent, my dad came from abject poverty and that's why I ended up getting into this so that mom wouldn't end up broke after dad had a medical situation. So it's, you don't want to be doing crisis management, but again, as Americans, we love to procrastinate. And then the other side of this is with Medi-Cal, think of Medi-Cal as a wagon wheel. The hub of the wheel is Medi-Cal. Then once you have Medi-Cal, you may be opened up to other programs such as IHSS, in-home supportive services, or assisted living. There's a waiver program process. There's the skilled care. There's other huge benefits depending on if you qualify. All back to those legal documents, right now with the way the laws are, they're making it easy, but you want to be able to make sure you can protect those assets for the spouse that lives and for your heirs if you want them to get receive their fund, their your estate, and it just doesn't get blown up at end of life. Yeah, yeah. So, so... Can you step us through um, the new laws and how, I I know you've shared this with me before, but I want our audience to understand exactly how you actually protect the assets. How, How does that work? Is there, do you set up a special fund? Does it go, do the assets go to someone else? How does all that work? Right now, if you have a trust in place and it's a non-probatable estate, then what ends up happening is Medi-Cal can, the way the laws are supposed to be, Medi-Cal cannot come against us. Again, I'm not an attorney. The attorney does this part of it. But if people are concerned, what they can do is they can work with the elder law attorney and there's the, there's ways to move the money, as I call it, my colloquialism, of move the money over the fence and you can do it to trust and heirs and do this process in tranches so that the pe- the money is still the people's money that made the money, let's call it mom and dad, and then the person that they trust, the POA, if mom and dad needs additional care, they have the asset base to be able to pay the nursing homes if the air conditioner goes out on the house. And then at the point that they pass away, if they have a trust, that money goes to whoever the heirs are or to the spouse so that Medi-Cal, no matter what, can never come against it. So but this is all about planning and structuring the state, and you have to have the drive to be able to do that. Okay. So, so just, you know, to break it down for me in layman terms, I, so if I have a, an estate and, and I want to protect the estate for my heirs, 
I can set up a trust. And I'm assuming, is it a special needs like medical trust? Is it something like that or just a straight trust fund? I'm going to say don't dive that deep into it. Each case is different. And between the attorneys and myself, we structure you so that you get, you accomplish what your objectives are. Okay. And then... And then because, you know, I just have buckets of money, <laughs> we we shift the money into my bank accounts just overflowing with money. We <laughs> shift the money, just kidding, everyone, um, into the trust in what you refer to as trough. So I'm assuming that's, you know, in, uh, in a cadence. Do- that's dollar amounts. Okay. So that, and there's, a, there's is- a cadence for that. There is codes and sections that are very specific dollar-wise, and we give you the secret sauce on how to move that over the fence to do this process. Okay, okay. And I'm assuming that's over, also over a period of time, right? It's not... It, it's, mostly, you know, in a thir- mostly in a 30-day window. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's... That's interesting. It, okay. It, it depends it depends on the size of the state, but I'd say 80-90% of my cases within a 30-day window, we can move very large amounts of money in a very specific way to accomplish what the client wants. Okay. That's interesting. And and then the trust manager, if you will, or the the uh the heir or the person that has kind of responsibility for these monies, right? And you hope you... Let's call, let's call it the power of attorney. Okay. And you've chosen Whoever. a trusted, you know, person to to dispense we, these monies back in your need as you need it. We haven't, we haven't picked them. The parents have picked them. Right. In, in this hypothetical case. Right, right. So, so like I would pick, you know, one of my adult children and and assume they're going to continue to look after mom and her money, right? And and if I have a need and I have a need for care, they can use these monies to to provide for that need, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. And what okay. we do on our side, let's say mom picked little Johnny, but little Johnny doesn't have a job. He has a drug habit, <laughs> and he has a lifestyle that nobody would want their money to go to me personally i'm not going to work with that person even if the parent wants that they're going to have to go to somebody else so i put a level of moral compass on this that i need to be comfortable with this that this is going to work out for my end user the client yeah okay that's great that's great to know so so we're coming up at the end of our program. This hour has just flown by. It's such a fascinating subject. I still think there's a lot of mystery here, but you have given us some enlightenment. And, and you know, let's, let's close talking about the elder law attorney and, again, kind of the significance of that, in your opinion, because they seem to be, you know, the, the key to a lot of this and just making certain these documents are correct. So... What I refer to as the elder law attorney now is they are the gunslingers of days gone by. You're getting abused by your neighbor. You would hire a gunslinger. 
Nowadays, you hire the attorney to give you the legal documents so you, that you can protect yourself, you, the spouse, and your heirs get what you want. The reason I got into this is my dad was going down for the count, and if he would have ended up in a nursing home, it would have bankrupted mom. That's how I got into this thing, and the legal documents, the, the attorneys are absolutely unequivocally needed in this process to make sure. And you need elder law attorneys. There's a lot of attorneys that do wills and trusts in that. But this is a real specialized area, and you need to level up, as I call it, and make sure that you get the correct verbiage in this. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and again, I, I it's a complex uh, process. And so having the right experts in your corner is just paramount to being successful in this process. And people, people should not take it lightly. Um, listen, we're, we're up there. They're about to, to send us off to the, to the <laughs> wires, right. To the, to the cloud, I guess. So Mike, I really want to thank you again for being here with us. You've definitely given us uh, some things to think about and talk about and spend some time on. Um, we appreciate you. And um, is there any, any kind of parting words you'd like to leave us with? Uh, just give me a call. If you have concerns about this, I take you through it. It's a free exercise. Uh, once I figure out what I need to do, I tell you what a fee, my fee structure is. If I bring value, hire me. If I don't, don't hire me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and listen, you can find out all about Mike McCabe and think to age on our web, on the website for reneecompany.com. Uh, we've got a lot of email blasting going out on our show and, um, we appreciate our audience. Thank you so much for being with us. This, this will, uh, go out onto, uh, the, uh, any, uh, podcast outlet where you pick up your podcast. So if you want to hear this again, take notes and reach out to us if you have questions. I'm Renee Balcom. I'm the founder and owner of Renee Company. We're a group of healthcare advocates in the Sacramento region, Northern California area, as well as Arizona. And um, we are the See Differently Project. So I hope we've opened up your eyes to some uh, new information with regard to Medicaid and Medi-Cal in the state of California, and that you have a better sense of what benefits may be available to you in managing your assets. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the See Differently Project with your host, Renee Balcom. We hope we have given you some insight into the business of care, and we hope you are empowered in your own care needs. Until we talk again, have a wonderful week.